RNZ News at Midday. Good afternoon, I'm Nicola Wright. A Piha lifeguard says the six drownings across Auckland over the weekend were all outside the flags. Surf life-saving Northern Region Chief Executive Matt Williams says New Zealanders have a laissez-faire attitude to swimming and don't understand the risks of going outside the guarded area. He says the risks aren't just on so-called dangerous beaches, but every beach throughout the country. All bodies of water, all beaches are dangerous. That's the facts. We had drownings at Narrow Neck. We had drownings at Big Manly. We need to have that mentality that no body of water, coastal or inland, is inherently safe. Humans aren't built for being in the water. Uh, it's not your friend. It's not kind. And then we're, therefore we need to take steps to keep ourselves safe. Matt Williams says even experienced swimmers can be caught off guard and everyone should stay in areas where lifeguards can reach them. The incoming Prime Minister has promised to be up front with New Zealanders on his first unofficial morning on the job. Chris Hipkins will be sworn in as New Zealand's 41st Prime Minister on Wednesday. Here's our political reporter, Katie Scotcher. Mr Hipkins this morning conducted his first round of regular back-to-back media interviews as the incoming Prime Minister. When speaking on Morning Report, he reiterated his government will focus on the bread and butter issues that New Zealanders care about. Mr Hipkins will hold individual meetings with ministers today as he works to refocus the government's work programme. But he refused to be drawn on which existing policies will be canned under his leadership. Mr Hipkins will go to Ratana tomorrow with Jacinda Ardern, her last outing as Prime Minister. Later in the week, he will work on a cabinet reshuffle and meet with Auckland business leaders. US investigators are yet to confirm media reports that a body has been found inside a van that could be linked to a mass shooting near Los Angeles. Ten people were killed in the shooting at a dance studio in Monterey Park last night during Chinese Lunar New Year celebrations. Armed officers surrounded a white van this morning and police confirmed it was of interest to the shooting investigation. A SWAT team eventually smashed a window to get inside. US media have been reporting that a body was then discovered. The motive for the shooting is still unclear. Police have also been investigating whether the same gunman tried to target a second dance studio where his weapon was wrestled from him before he fled. A man in his 20s was reportedly stabbed at an LAB concert in Hastings but has been discharged from Hawke's Bay Hospital. Police say the man was injured in the crowd at the AMP showgrounds about 7 o'clock on Saturday night. St John says the man was taken to hospital in a serious condition but was discharged yesterday afternoon. Police are still establishing what happened and who was involved and would like to hear from anyone with information. An investigation's underway into why a helicopter pilot had to take evasive action to avoid a mid-air collision with another helicopter at Queenstown Airport last month. The two aircraft got too close to each other during a hover taxi departure at the southern apron end of the airport on December the 27th. The Transport Accident Investigation Commission has opened an inquiry after being notified by the Civil Aviation Authority. The helicopters were different types of Eurocopter. Bus passengers have been left confused as a technology problem has temporarily closed Christchurch's central bus interchange. Metro Canterbury says for most routes, bus stops on Manchester Street will be used as the temporary interchange location and it's warning passengers to allow an extra 10 minutes for their journeys. This woman says she catches the bus almost every day and hopes the interchange will be back up and running soon. We just got here uh, off the bus and they said the bus exchange was closed and it's very convenient for people 
going to work or going to the shopping like we are, so now we've got to walk. Metro Canterbury says a technology supplier is working to resolve the issue. The forestry industry says councils need to do more to enable getting rid of forestry debris. There's been mounting criticism since slash, the waste left over from logging, washed down by ex-cyclone hail, damaged rivers and properties on the east coast. Forest Owners Association President Grant Dodson says slash should be taken off site, but he says better avenues for using the material are also needed. At the moment that slash is being removed where it can be and and taken to a stable place, ultimately it it needs a place to go. And if it can be used for bioenergy or if it can be used as as a soil additive. So it it isn't about making money out of it, it's about having a, a, a place to put it. Grant Dodson says councils need to build better quality roads and grant consents for forestry companies to build slash traps in rivers. It's five minutes past 12. The Secondary Teachers Union says its members are ready to take industrial action from next week as students begin to return to schools. Post-Primary Teachers Association President Melanie Webber says there was no progress in pay talks with the Education Ministry last week. She says the Ministry's offer of two pay rises, providing an increase of about $6,000 over two years, is not enough. Effectively, this is simply a working-to-rule measure. Currently, teachers have been keeping classes running because we can't find relievers because of the shortages. So teachers have been using their planning and marking time to fill in those gaps, and they're no longer going to do that. So this could have a significant impact on schools because the shortages are just so great. Melanie Webber says unless there's improvement, union members will refuse to cover for absent colleagues when classes resume. The leaders of France and Germany have played down differences between them, which have been exposed by the war in Ukraine, promising to maintain support for Kiev as long as needed. Being questioned about supplying tanks to Ukraine, the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said his government will act in coordination with allies. Here's the BBC's Hugh Schofield. This 60th anniversary of the Treaty of Friendship has been a chance for President Macron and Chancellor Scholz to insist that despite dissensions, the fundamentals of the relationship are still there and that there are projects for deeper cooperation on energy and defence. Inevitably, though, it's Ukraine that's dominated attention, in particular Germany's reluctance to deliver its leopard tanks or to allow them to be delivered to Ukraine by other countries that use them. Speaking at today's ceremony, Olaf Scholz avoided the question as far as he could. Germany, he said, had undertaken to deliver other aid. The new Cook Islands Parliament has still not held a sitting, a sitting, even though its general election took place five months ago. It won't sit until March at the earliest. The country's waiting for the outcome of the election's final petition hearing. The Prime Minister, Mark Brown, says once Parliament is in session, he'll look to remove the clause that prevents it from sitting until all petitions are resolved. It makes a mockery of the separation of powers. Parliament should be able to sit once MPs have been confirmed and gazetted by the Chief Electoral Officer. Any petition or challenge is a matter for the judiciary to deal with separately outside of Parliament, and Parliament should be able to conduct its business despite petitions being heard. Mark Brown says the situation is quite an anomaly. The Transport Minister says he's committed to providing good transport options for Aucklanders in the face of ongoing disruption. Michael Wood is visiting the Pukekohe train station, which is being renovated as part of a major project to upgrade the city's rail network. Mr Wood says light rail in Auckland remains a priority for Labour, even with a change in leadership. 
The reservoirs in the Queenstown Lakes District are recovering after a significant spike in demand triggered a move to the highest water restrictions for Arrowtown. The council announced the urgent move to Level 3 for the town on Saturday but has since partially relaxed it. The Mayor Glyn Lewis says reservoirs couldn't keep up with the demand after a dry summer. They're replenished now, so we just had a Level 3 for 24 hours in Arrowtown, so the reservoirs dropped below 50%, So, but the Arrowtown community responded and that's, they're recovering well, so we're down to Level 2, and hopefully we'll see Level 1 come in early this week. Glenn Lewis says they're not expecting to see rain anytime soon. Level 1 water restrictions are in place elsewhere across the district, limiting handheld hosing and reducing the times irrigation systems can be used. Polyfest will welcome back crowds in March for the 48th anniversary of the festival, the largest cultural competition for secondary schools. It will run from March the 8th to the 11th with performances and speech competitions from the Samoan, Tongan, Cook Islands, Nguyen and Diversity stages. The Māori stage performances will take place from April the 3rd to the 5th. Polyfest Trust Chairperson Robert Solomone says having audiences return and students perform will make the 2023 event a special celebration after COVID restrictions. That's the news.